Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Acts chapter 11, verse 25, the first part of it says nine words. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. Okay, now I've got to tell you something. You have an amazing communicator who's your pastor here. He really is. Chad is one of the finest. In fact, in fact, any time that I'm off, I don't have a service or I'm home and I can't get to a service, I pull you guys up online. By the way, everybody online, God bless you guys. You know, if you're visiting here, come back. Please come back. You, you want to hear Pastor Chad, and, and if you feel like you want to slip out of the service early, we block the entrances. So, anyway, I'm listening, I listen to Pastor Chad. I've heard listen to Pastor Bill when he's been speaking. What a joy. And if you ever notice that Pastor Chad may reach down and, and grab his phone while he's speaking, that's because I'm texting him during the service. And Pastor Chad, if you're watching and if you're trying to text me right now, my daughter has a phone out in the other room. So go ahead. (laughs) Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. I have three points. I just want to tell you a story and share three points in this story. Well, three observations. And it's very simple. Point number one. Barnabas saw things that other people did not see. He saw what others did not see. Point two. He did what others would not do. Point three, he paid a price others would not pay. Now, I'm a teacher by heart, so I wonder if we could could just repeat that. Let's say that together, that first one, okay? You ready? And I'll make it simple. See what others don't see. You ready? Here we go. One, two, three. See what others don't see. Okay. Number two, do what others won't do. Let's try it again. Do what others won't do. And number three, pay a price that others won't pay. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, I know that you have something special for someone here today. That this will be a life-changing moment for them. I know you spoke into my heart about that. And I thank you for the honor of doing that, of being a part of that. Oh, God, give us ears to hear what you want to say. Hearts to receive and minds to decide to do what you've called us to do in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Barnabas, my hero. Probably, in my mind at least, Barnabas is the most influential man in the New Testament after Jesus Christ. So what about Paul? What about, well, let's, let's, let's follow this and see. The most influential man in the New Testament after Jesus Christ. You know the story. It starts in Acts chapter 4. The new church has just exploded. 3,000 new believers, many of them kicked out of their homes. They have to eat. The apostles are trying, scrambling. They've gone from a small exclusive group of 12 with a few others. And suddenly they're dealing with a group of 3,000 of them and many of them don't have enough there. They've kicked out of their homes. They've, they're, they're, they've been, they've been uh, isolated. And they're trying to figure out what to do. All of a sudden, here comes Barnabas. He says, fellas, I feel like God's spoken to my heart. I see what's going on. 
And so I want to help you. And he brings an offering, lays it at the feet of the apostles. And by the way, you guys know Barnabas is, is, a, is, a, is, is not his name. It's his nickname. How many of you have a nickname? How many have a nickname that you can't tell anybody? Ah. I had a nickname growing up. I, my dad called me Ikey. Now, if anybody else called me Ikey, I would punch him in the knee. I wouldn't do that today. I'd kick him in the knee. <laughs> Ike. Or names that fit who you are. There was something about Jose that they noticed. Something about his character. Something about who he was that made the others just say, hey, we're not going to call you Joe anymore. Your name is Barney. Now think about purple dinosaurs. You know, of that, no, no, no. Barnabas, which means son of consolation. Something about him. Well, actually, there was something about him. You see, because there was another young man that wanted to join the church. But when they saw him coming from afar, they knew they didn't want to have anything to do with him. A young man by the name of Saul. Saul wanted to come and be a part of this church. But see, they knew him from his past. Because in the past, he had locked up Christians. In the past, he'd been breathing slaughterings. That's literally what the Bible says. In the past, they said, we, he wanted to kill us. And so now he wants to come and be a part of us. Ha, 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 ha. We're not dummies. We weren't born. We were born at night, but not last night. But Barnabas saw something. Others saw a young man who really had, had, had been, been terrible, not just to bother. He'd try to kill him. But Barnabas said, no, 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 I see something. And so he went to the apostles. He said, look, here's this young man. Let's give him a chance. I see something. You see, and this is the key. If you really want to see and do great things in the kingdom, first you have to see what God sees. You have to see things the way God does. I've seen this happen in, in, in our own ministry. We were planting churches in Uruguay. There was a young couple. I was talking to them about joining us as, as pastors and planting a brand new church out of nothing, a place called Plaja Pascual on the coast of, uh, on the outside of Montevideo, Uruguay. Juan Carlos and Patricia, and very successful young couple, they had their own home. That's a big thing in Uruguay. He was a contractor. He was a builder. He, he did well. They had a little scooter, and that's a big thing for Uruguay. Patty was a teacher, very successful. They were doing well. I'm sitting there, and I'm talking to them, and they're thinking, they're saying to me, oh, we're not so sure. And all of a sudden, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. And I just smiled, because I knew they had to walk through their process, you know. They said, oh, I don't know. It's okay. We'll see you. They go out, call me in a week. Brother Isaac, God's spoken to us. You see things. I saw something. And sure enough, they came and they worked with us. Tough time. In the beginning, they had no help. Nobody else was there. They're walking the streets and praying. They're doing video nights. They had a hurricane came through. We had a team down there building. A team from Dayspring actually had come down there and helped build on that church. Another team from a uh, from, from Missouri had come in. The first church got knocked down by hurricane. They kept working. They kept believing. 
I was with them for their, their dedication, excuse me, their anniversary three, uh, in three years after, 2016, two years ago. They had churches full. They had two choirs. Two choirs. One of them was dressed in red robes. And I thought, man, that's great. The other was dressed in blue robes. I thought, man, that's amazing. Two choirs. They had a youth group. That was full. God was doing amazing things because God spoke. I saw it. God spoke to me. I saw it. Some people will see amazing things that other people don't see. By the way, by the way, I forgot to tell you guys. Can you guys, can you guys see this? I, do, you, do, you, do you like my socks? <laughs> now look at these things. Now aren't they? They're, okay. I never have seen these kind of socks before. These are actually socks my daughter bought me for Christmas because she said they're cool. Do you think these socks... Here, you look at it again. Do you think that they match? Now, by the way, just, just so you're... Okay. Easy to match. See, I, I, I don't see those things. I feel goofy in this moment about wearing these socks and people on... On the internet saying, oh, yeah, look okay. Of course, then again, I didn't pick these clothes out for today. Now, truth is, my wife, I brought out my gray shirt, my gray sweater, my gray pants I was going to wear here today. You see, because I went to Peru, my wife packed a box, mailed it up here with my clothes in them. And so I laid out all my gray clothes. She picked them up, put them up, and she brought out my blue clothes. And she told me that my gray sweater looked old. I said, what's your point? I look old. <laughs> she saw something I didn't see. She said, no, I want you to wear this. So, honey, you were right. See what other people don't see. But more than that. I asked Pastor Bill for some volunteers to help me with something. Pastor Bill, would you come and would you bring your volunteers up here with you, please? Okay, our people who are coming. Thank you very much. These are, these are going to be some apostles here. Now, you, you see, what was that first point again? See what? And then that, what's that second one? Do what? Okay, come here. Come stand up here in the light. They say you got to be in the light to be in the video. Okay, all right. Have you ever been on TV before? Uh, yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Here. Here. Okay, here. Okay, what's your name? Dan. Dan, thank you so much, Dan. And what's your name? Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hi. Thank you very much. And what's your name? Michael. I'm sorry, your name is not Michael. It's Saul. Saul. There you go. And, of course, Apostle Bill, but we'll call him James. James. There we go. Okay, so here we go. All these people in the church, you all can stand aside for a moment, and Brother Saul, come over here. If you guys will stand right over here. Now, Brother Saul has come to the apostles. He's been accepted to, by them, and so he's going out, and he's starting to preach the word at all the people in Jerusalem. Come up here. Start preaching to these people. You don't have to say anything. You just do the, the, the actions. Now, I'm sorry, that wasn't quite the way it was, Brother Saul. You were a little more forceful than that. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know what Saul's problem was? He preached with the same intensity that he persecuted the church. Have at it, Saul. 
yeah, 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 yeah. So you know what happened? He preached so hard to these people. He's telling them, you've got to come to Jesus. You've got to get it. If you don't do that, you're going to hell. And I mean far. And I mean you're in trouble. Is that okay to say? Too late. He said it. And all the people responded. There was great revival. Amen? No. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill him. Okay, stand back over here if you would for a moment. So, right here is good. Okay, bring in the apostles. Hello, apostles. We got a problem. Brother Saul is preaching and he's stirred up so much trouble that they want to kill him. So, you know what we need to do? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get together. We're going to pray with him. Come on over back over here, if you will, Saul. We're going to support him. We're going to stand because this is God's man. He's been called to speak to kings. Is that what happened, folks? No. Stand back over there, Saul. Thank you very much. I love this. I love being a director. That's great. Here's what happened. The apostles get together, okay, and they're talking, and they're saying, you know what? We need to give him a trip. We need to send him someplace. Okay? So they get together and they say, come back over here, Saul. We love you. You should be excited. Because we're going to send you, sorry, not Hawaii. Not Las Vegas. We're sending you to a place called Tarsus. How many of you know where Tarsus was? It was his hometown. Okay? So here's the reality. Brother Saul, we want to take you. We're going to send you to Tarsus. Come on over here. We're going to the port in Caesarea. Come on over with me, apostles, because we don't want to let him get away. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay. And we're going to put you on the boat, and we have bought you an all-expense-paid trip to Tarsus. Just one thing. We couldn't afford for your trip back. It's one way. <laughs> so we put Saul on the boat. And we say, bye, Saul. Just make sure we're not, that you don't get off the boat. And, and Saul goes. Thank you, guys. That's good. Would you thank them so much for their help here? And, <laughs> and so here's what happened. After now, Saul is God's called man. God's called him, told him he's going to speak in front of kings. And so these, when the apostles sent him off, my goodness, the problems that they had after that. There was trouble in the church. Did you know that's true? No. Do you guys have that slide? Show that scripture. You know what happened? There was peace in the churches. You never hear another problem for quite a while. In fact, Acts chapter 9, last part of that chapter, the churches grew. Saul takes off, and there was revival, is what we used to call it. Woohoo! And Saul goes off, and according to the, exper the experts, I was going to say in Spanish, expertos que se nos bendiga los que hablan español, God bless all of you who speak Spanish, goes off with the, goes off. And the Bible tells us he was there from somewhere between four and ten years. Now, 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 what was that first point that we made? Barnabas saw what others didn't see. 
And Barnabas, what? Did what others didn't do. You see, the apostles sent Barnabas up to Antioch because God's doing things up there and he organizes it. And by the way, he establishes the first church outside of Jerusalem. It's doing amazing things. Look it up. Acts chapter, the end of chapter 12, first part of chapter 13. It was amazing what was going on. It's where Christians earned their nicknames. Christians, followers, little Christ in Antioch under the, under the ministry of, of uh, Barnabas. But he saw something in, in Saul. And he did something no one else would do. No one else did. Acts chapter 11, verse 25. There's that scripture again. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. No one else went to look for him. No one else took the time. No one else made that eight-day journey, more or less, to get Saul. And he brought him back. Can you imagine what they talked about on that journey back? Actually, there's a little bay kind of in the Mediterranean between Tarsus and Antioch where they, 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 it, it, it would take quite a while, 125 miles, but all that on foot. Mountainous area. There, I think there was a Roman road there, but it, it, was, it was a journey. And the conversations that they had the Barnabas way, a walking along, talking. Incredible. So they get to Antioch, and they're in Antioch for a year, and this was a year of restoration for Saul. This was a year for him to become and grow and become some of the, part of the person that God was going to use later to, to help shape the church. And all of a sudden, Acts chapter 13... During a church service, the Lord speaks. And the Lord says, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul. And by the way, that order is important because that's going to change. Separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've called them to do. And under Barnabas' leadership, they go on the very first missionary journey. And they go to a place called Cyprus. And while they're in Cyprus, something amazing happens. They're speaking to the governor, the governor of the island, the Roman governor. And there's this little weasel there. He's called Bar-Jesus. And he doesn't like what's going on because he's got the inside track with this governor. And so he's trying to mess with their minds, trying to interrupt, trying to say things. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit uses Saul in a, an amazing way. And all of a sudden, Saul, and his name begins to change to Paul, he jumps up and he says, you vile, whatever it is he says, you're going to go blind and boom, the guys, what happened? Everybody, you know, they're shaking their knees. Socks are rolling up and down because they're thinking something's happening. I'm still okay. Socks are rolling. People are saying, this is God. And all of a sudden, everything changes in an instant. 
If you read the scripture there in chapter 13 of Acts, you will find a subtle but important change. They enter the chapter, it's Barnabas and Saul. They come out of the chapter, Paul and his companions. Amazing. They go on, first journey. They go up and they're preaching all over. They go into Lystra, a man is healed. That success turns into a tragedy. I called a miracle sandwiched by two disasters. Or you can call it a disaster sandwiched by two miracles, however you want to call it. Go to Lystra. God heals a man. All of a sudden they treat uh, Paul and Barnabas like they're gods. And it takes everything they can do to stop them from, from, uh, from worshiping them. Stop the people from worshiping Paul and Barnabas. And the people get all mad and they get angry. Think about this. And they take Paul out and they stone him. And they think he's dead. He may well have been dead. They drag his body through the streets. Now just think about that. Dump him outside the city. Barnabas and the other believers come and they're praying. They're saying, oh God, what are we going to do? And all of a sudden, he jumps up. <laughs> Woo! You talk about scary. Oh, I thought he was dead. Well, he was. And God said, I'm not done yet. Boom. That's what I call, I'm from Missouri originally, so that's what we call flat out miracle. <laughs> Did you catch that? You want me to translate that? An important miracle of God. Or as we say in Missouri, flat out miracle. So they leave, leave Lystra. They go to other places. They go to, back to Jerusalem. And by the way, if you read it, Acts chapter 15, back in Jerusalem, it's Barnabas and Paul. They come back from Jerusalem. They go back to Antioch, and they're ministering there. God's doing amazing things through both of them. And one day, Barnabas, or excuse me, Paul comes to Barnabas, and he says to his friend, he says, Hey, I got a great idea. Let's go back and visit these churches that we've established. And Barnabas says, Yeah, I like it. You know what? I got another idea. Let's take Mark with us. And Paul says, Isn't he the one who abandoned us? Abandoned us? When we got to the shores of Turkey? Well, yeah. Well, let's pray about this. You know, sometimes people say, let's pray about it. And what they really mean is, let's not do it. You know? You go to your, you go to your wife and you say, honey, why don't we move? And she says, let's pray about this. You know what that means. Honey, let's get a new car. Have you prayed about this? <laughs> Honey, let's get a new stove or fridge. Yes, I hear the... No, okay, okay, that's terrible. That's terrible. Forget it. Let's pray about it. And of course, that's just my imagination because what Paul really says is, no, let's not. Because Mark abandoned us. 
And Barnabas says, but I think it's a great idea. And Paul says, no, I, I, I don't see it. Uh-oh. What was that first point again? He saw what others didn't see. Barnabas says, I see something in him. I know he failed. I know he messed up. But I see something. I want to take him. And Paul says, I can't risk it. I can't risk it. And Barnabas says, yes, you can. I risk with you. Paul says, don't you use that against me. Barnabas says, now wait a minute, brother. Paul says, no, I, no, no. I prayed about this. I don't feel good about this. We're not taking him. Barnabas says, I am taking him with me. There was a fight. They called it sharp contention. It was a fight. How many of you had a discussion with your wife or your husband or your mom or your dad or somebody and they called it sharp contention? We don't call it that in Missouri. We call it they had a fight. So Barnabas says, I'm taking Mark with me, and we're going to Cyprus. Paul says, fine, I'll take Silas with me, and we'll go around the land bridge, and we'll go back to Turkey. What was that first point? <coughs> Barnabas saw what others didn't see. Barnabas did what others wouldn't do. And Barnabas, what? Paid a price. Do you hear me up there in the back rows? Nosebleed section, hi folks. He paid a price others wouldn't pay. And he takes young Mark and he marches off the pages of Scripture. We never hear from Barnabas again. Except for one thing. I want to share it with you. I hope you guys had that scripture. You can pop it up there. You see, we hear from Mark again. In the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Lord says, I will send my messenger. There it is. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets. Look. I'm sending my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. Do you know where that comes from? Pop that next one. The gospel according to Mark. Same Mark. Not only that, this is the first gospel that was written. 93% of his words appear in Matthew and Luke. They copied from Mark. Not only that, not only that, Mark goes on and he becomes, they call him the Bishop of Alexandria, one of the first and strongest churches in Africa. He takes the gospel to Africa. Because Barnabas saw what Paul didn't see. Barnabas saw what the apostles didn't see. He did what the apostles and what Paul wouldn't do. And he paid a price that others wouldn't pay. Listen to me. Some of you have been Sunday school workers. Some of you worked with youth. 
and you've seen things in those little kids and you've worked your hearts out with them and they've broken your hearts and you've paid a price and you've ministered and you've given your lives and your hearts to the gospel of Jesus Christ and you've paid a price. you paid a terrible price. Let me tell you something. In the kingdom of God, all of your seeds will come back and they will bless you for what you've done. That's a word from the Lord, by the way. Lots of people talk about wanting to be a Mark or a Paul or a James or a great. They want to do great things in the kingdom. And that's it's so important. But for every one of those Marks, for every one of those Pauls, there is a Barnabas who saw something others didn't see, who did something others wouldn't do, and who paid a price others. You're thinking about it right now. The Holy Spirit is speaking to some of you right now. Maybe online, the Holy Spirit is speaking and you think you're getting away from things because you're at home and you're watching online. And the Holy Spirit's reaching right through to you. Right now. Right through. Wow. See, that's the way God does things. That's how He builds His kingdom. Barnabas saw. Barnabas did. Barnabas paid. And God built his kingdom. And it started with Jesus, went to the apostles, to Barnabas, to Paul, to Timothy, to Titus, and on and on and on to now, 2,000 years later. He's still doing the same thing. My call, I want to reach down. I want to reach down inside your heart and grab it and say, is God calling you to be a Barnabas? It's God calling you to see things in a different way. It'll be hard. It's God calling you to do things others won't do. Yes, it's hard. It's God calling you to pay a price others won't pay. If you do, God will use that to build his kingdom in a way that will surprise you, amaze you, in a way you never thought possible. There are Barnabases in this place that don't even realize You've been seeing things and wondering what in the world is going on. What am I seeing? And it's God. It's God. It's God. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you for these people. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're doing at Calvary. Holy Spirit, I release you right now to work in their lives. Do what you want to do in the way you want to do it. Jesus name now keep your eyes closed just a moment please I want a response this morning I think the Holy Spirit does it God was speaking to me as I was sitting in the seat over there by Bill he wants to do something that's going to be life changing here this morning in your life all he wants you to do is just say Lord I'm willing to be a Barnabas. I'm willing to see things others don't see. I'm willing to do things others won't do. I'm willing to pay a price that others won't pay. And if you're here this morning and that's you, and you know it, you know it. You're sitting here and you're, some of you are fighting, but you know it. All I want you to do is simply just raise your hand and say, yeah, okay, I'm willing to be a Barnabas. Raise your hand right now. Amen. 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 Some of you are Barnabases. Raise your hand. Come on. Come on. Come on, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. If that's you, whether you raised your hand or not, you're here this morning. 
I want you to stand to your feet and say, Lord, I'm willing to be a Barnabas. Stand right now. Just for those who raised your hand, stand right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I join with these people. I ask for you to do something amazing, something incredible, something beyond what they ever dreamed, to build your kingdom in their lives, to build your kingdom through their lives so that they will reach the mark, so that they will reach the pause, so that they'll reach and see things and do things that no one else would, and they'll pay that price in the name of Jesus Christ. Now everyone stand together. Pastor Bill is coming. Let's agree together for what God wants to do. I believe, and I want you to do this. If God has spoken to you and you feel it strongly and you feel shaken in your heart about this, talk to your pastor sometime this week, next week, next couple of weeks. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much.